about the show because we have a special guest, Dr. Angel. We sure do. We uh, have our uh, very own in-house therapist at my practice, Miss Rachel Spraker. All right, <laughs> Rachel. We're glad Rachel's here. Yes, we're going to harass her as much as we possibly can. <laughs> we sure will tease her, give her a hard time. Isn't that the plan? That is so always what you told me when you sent me that note. You said, give Rachel a hard time because we don't ever want her coming back on the show. <laughs> Wasn't that exactly what you said? Yes, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much it? Yeah. So, so how did you get how did you you know like worm your way into the show today yeah i kind of conned my way in yeah did you con your way in like i don't have a ride home can you take me oh i have to go to the radio show okay well i'll go with you yeah something like that yeah yeah i you know i kind of like threatened her life like oh i'll change all the passwords in the practice and she's like oh is that what you did? I that's did, that's yeah. a good that's a good threat. Mm-hmm. So you are a counselor with Dr. Angel yes. in her practice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And both of you together are a mighty team, correct? That's what you tell me all the time. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> you say that you guys are just like yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, but you really are because there's so many people come in and out of those doors and a lot of people that get help and a few that just don't and they just leave. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> no, that wasn't nice. But um, I, I, what did you have? What do you have fire in your water today? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But no, I've been babysitting. Uh, so anyway, no, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. Uh, so last week we talked about vaccine hesitancy yes we did and we decided not to go on with that tonight because we said everything we need to say i think we pretty we covered it very well i think last we really week. did actually to tell you the truth yeah. and you can go back to last week's show if you are one of these that are questioning whether or not you should get the vaccine go back and listen to that so a lot of times our shows come from what's going on in your practice on a daily basis, right? Absolutely. You know, when we start to uh, have to have a, the same kind of conversation over and over, it becomes a theme. And then we start, well, if this is a theme in our practice, there's probably a lot of other people struggling with this out there, too. And that's how some yeah. of our shows are born. Exactly. And that is tonight. The title of this is Healthy he- Healthy Help. Yes. Healthy, healthy Help. help. Yeah. And it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you have your vaccine. It's just whether or not you are getting the help you need in a healthy form. In a healthy way, yeah. And so, like, here's what we've really noticed. You know, with this next, the second or whatever number wave of COVID, like... We're on number four now. Number four. Okay. People are exhausted. They're they over are. It. They are. They, the kids are, there's a lot more anxiety with the kids going back to school and they're not eligible for vaccines and the um, contagiency of this new one. Like, and a lot of people are needing help. Like they're depressed and their anxiety or we're seeing um, a lot more people struggling with like addiction issues, like drinking and things like that to try and cope right. with all this stuff going on because they're just emotionally and mentally exhausted. Absolutely. So uh, because a lot of people do have problems with substance abuse, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. And you guys see that in the mm-hmm. practice, right? Um, and a lot of times um, they are reaching out to different people to get ideas on how to overcome whatever's going on. Correct? Sure. And so like people who may not have ever struggled with substances are starting to find themselves you know picking up a drink earlier in the day or thinking about oh i can't wait to get home to like have that drink or do this thing or whatever the crutch right because they're trying to cope and it's been too much right yeah and And as a result of that a lot of them have to go get help in a counseling session or counseling Sure. Facility so like yours. There are a lot of people who are reaching out for all kinds of help, um, not just, you know, utilizing substances and sobriety, but lots of ways we're needing help. And there's a lot of unhealthy help out there. And in fact, it's unhealthy been healthy help. It has been the topic mm. of many, many of our counseling sessions mm-hmm. over the last several, probably month or so. Yeah. 
Okay, so Rachel, when you you're new in this, right? <laughs> yeah, you're a new licensed counselor. No, not licensed yet. But you're on the on the pro, on, on the, the on on the path. Yeah, you're on the path, yeah. but you're coming along good, right? And you're seeing patients. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, was that scary for you at first, oh, as yeah. far as like having an influence over somebody on issues that they might have? Yeah, it's 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 terrifying. Yeah, it's a big responsibility. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it is a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, have you seen a lot of people that are struggling right now with the COVID issue or with just a lot of substance abuse type stuff? Or what do you what are you seeing? Um, I see a mixture, both COVID and um, substance abuse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see a lot of it. It's so do you find that people reach out to uh, therapists or do they in general just reach out to family members or somebody like that or or uh, do they go to AA or NA or what do they do, generally speaking? I think... Tommy, I think, I've got that big old hum in this in this mic right now. That's still, I yeah. Think, I've turned it down, everything, so whatever you can do. I think they go to family... Maybe... I think AA first. What do you? Th- well, I think there's a variety of ways people yeah. okay. are doing this. Yeah. Right. I, a lot of people use the resources they already have in their life. So yeah. they reach out to their family, their friends, uh, people who might be mentors in their life, their clergy. Like sure. they're looking for the resources they kind of already have, and they're reaching out for that help. Um, and if that isn't what they need or isn't enough or is not healthy, then we're seeing them reaching into support groups mm-hmm. or professional professional help. Okay, so why don't we go back a moment and talk about what is unhealthy health? Help. Because <laughs> unhealthy... I gave her like a tongue twister. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Unhealthy help. What can you t- kind of talk about? Give us examples oh, of what I, that would be. So, so many, many examples right. of this. Um, so, what can happen is sometimes when a person is helping another individual, they kind of want to overpower their life. Mm-hmm. They kind of oh, control. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And I don't know that it comes out with that intention or okay. mentality. I think it's just kind of this dynamic of, oh, they need help from me, which means I must have some kind of experience or knowledge about what they need. So they kind of want to kind of take over the other person's life in a way. Like, you need to do what I say you need to do to get the help you need to get. Like, So this would be a problem that sponsors uh, in different organizations or people that purport to be counselors but maybe are not licensed or things like that. I mean. Oh, absolutely. I'm and not the- talking about you. You're on the path. <laughs> No, no, this. No, yes. if I were talking about you, I would say you, Rachel. But <laughs> she has had fire in her water tonight. Just warning our audience. Um, but no, it can happen in sponsorship relationships. Yeah, it right. can happen in any helping relationship where it kind of gives that power differential, right? When we're helping someone else, and right. so oftentimes that it can be where someone wants to project their advice. They know the way you need to go. They can see your life so clearly and you cannot see your right. own, right? Yeah. And so they want to tell you the roadmap of how you need to do what you need to do. The problem is that's not their place. That's not healthy. That's a, a power and control dynamic. And okay. it can be very, very, very destructive. So what we're starting to see from individuals who've been reaching out for help, and I'm so glad people are reaching out for help, Mm -hmm. is that the people they're getting help from are causing more harm than good. Okay, so are you saying that since COVID in particular, since the last year and a half that we've been going through, that a lot of people are really feeling the effects of the change oh, in gosh, our yeah. changes in our mm-hmm. lives? They're frustrated, they're concerned, they're worried, they're resorting to other things to try to balance out their emotions and all that? Well, and, mm-hmm. and we know. I mean, the research told us in the year 2020, uh, liver disease was up 20, 20% or 30%. It oh, was a wow. significant number mm-hmm. in one Seriously? year. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Yes. Liver disease, and that's due to alcoholism. Sure, mm-hmm. and, and we know, like our brains and our bodies and our systems were not designed to take this level of stress for this length of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we have a lot of people who have burned out, like their adrenal system, from too much stress, and it's 
overwhelming. Well, this kind of goes back to the COVID thing because in the last year we were in a different place. Although, I mean, people were scared and whatever, but we were staying home and we didn't have a cure or quote unquote a vaccine or anything treatment. We didn't have a treatment, uh, but it wasn't nearly as contagious as it is now. It wasn't. And so not the only stress that. level now mm-hmm. definitely, don't you think, has gone up. It's three <laughs> times more contagious, I heard this morning. Well, not only oh, wow. that, but there were different education options last year. So families who weren't comfortable could keep their kids home and that's they could true. still be a part of their true. traditional school and classroom. At least where we live, that's not an option this year. Right, like yeah. They have to unenroll from the county system and go into a different system mm-hmm. to do schooling from home, which can cause all kinds cause of problems. a lot of problems, yeah, especially if you don't have that ability to stay home and not go to work. And sure, take and so we don't yeah. have the options that we had, and it's been too much for too long. Too much for too long, so people have to learn how to cope better, and we're not... Mm, are we really equipped in this society to learn how to to, to change all of our lifestyle? Oh, because no, no. we've proven that we don't do that very well, I don't think, in the last year and a half, right? <laughs> well, change is hard on humans. Like, yeah, it's it not, is. It's yeah, not our thing. Not... Um, and here's the thing. We do the best we can with what we have. I really honestly believe people are trying to do the best they can with what they have. Okay. The problem is that they're just lacking a lot of tools to be able to cope with this type of stress for this long of time. Yeah, and no end in sight. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for the people that come through your doors at the Counseling Center, Rachel, and this is new for you and we understand that, but uh, has it been overwhelming in some times or is it, how did those sessions go? I mean, you know, you've turned down all my attempts to get an appointment with you, so, you know, I don't know how you operate in the counseling room. Well, first of all, I don't have the credentials for that, Marsha, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's 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 been interesting because I start, it's kind of like, you know, with the nurses, like the new nurses, they start off with like, you know, um, in the pandemic, like they're like, okay, here you go. I kind of, not on that level, but like starting in a pandemic, it's like, whoa, okay. Like the anxiety's higher, the depression's higher. Like because what you're dealing with are, are in a way more serious issues. Yeah. Or just more like still there. Just just. It's a mixture of both. Yeah. 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 So how have you handled that? Let's 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 analyze her. Oh wow! Yeah. Let's right. let's flip the, the script <laughs> on her here. We don't have a script, oh. so let's flip the discussion here. How has this affected you? Jumping right into a practice mm-hmm. where, of all times, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Well, thankfully, I have a supervisor that is like amazing, and she has is good support. So, um, it's been. What's her name? Who's that? I don't know. Like. I, on hell, I think. <laughs> that's that's what the delivery guy said the other day. On hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, he must be speak Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, just having the support of Dr. Angel and like, you know, my friends and family, like right. it's been, it's it's been a lot easier. Um, Has it been stressful though to get used yeah. to having to hear so many people with so many intense issues yes. right now? Yes. It, it it does get overwhelming, yeah. Okay, and and the thing is, you just have to take it one session mm-hmm. at a time, right? And yep. do the best you can. Yep. Uh, listening is a good tool that you use. Listening. Listening. Yeah. Listening you sounds kinda, you, like a good idea. You gotta you gotta have to. I'm trying to listen to you right now, and I really gonna want to turn on the ball game. But no, 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 I'm teasing. I am teasing. No, no, yeah. no listening is a yeah. a really good counseling tool. Well, that's one of the first things we learn in counseling is um, active listening, not just you know like okay, yeah, like listen. What, what's it? Listening to respond. Listening, listening to, to listen. understand. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. listening to respond. What's the difference between listening to respond and listening to understand? So listening to respond is, you know, you're like, say, for example, I'm, I'm listening to you. Well, I try not to, but like I'm listening to you. I can tell. <laughs> I'm listening to you, but I'm also formulating a response in my head. Like, oh, what am I going to say next? Listening to understand is listening and saying, okay, I hear your words. Like, And reflecting back to that person what you're hearing them say so that we can make sure there's an understanding. So I hear you saying that blah, 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 Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So hearing to understand is much more effective, is it not, than Mm -hmm. listening, just listening? Yeah. Yes. Okay. For sure. 
Okay. So as you here to understand then, and you're dealing with these people who come in and they're totally overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. what do you do? What do I do? Mm -hmm. Um, Besides the listening, I mean, are you offering advice? Are you... I try not to, no. Counseling is not advice Mm -hmm. giving, and that's... Ah, really? I didn't know if you knew that, so I do know that. Okay, I was just questioning. That's not our role. It's not about advice giving. It's about helping people kind of sort out what's happening, um, kind of prioritizing areas of their life. It's about helping them see what options they have, helping to empower them to make decisions for themselves. So is one of your techniques that you kind of mirror back to them what you are hearing them say? Yeah, so isn't that called paraphrasing? No, it's called something else. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. Yeah, but that is absolutely one of the yeah. things we do. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when you're doing that and they hear what they just said, but coming now out of your mouth mm-hmm. back to them, how is that healthy or unhealthy? Well, sometimes they're like, wait, what? Like, they hear their own words and they're like, wait a minute, what? Like, they kind of, like, realize, like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, I did just say that. Right. Yeah. And then perhaps it causes them to rethink what they were thinking. Did you yeah. mean that? Yeah. Or, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So when we get into unhealthy helping, we are really in a realm of trying to tell people what to do. Is that what you're we saying? We are. And you're saying you don't specialize in telling people no, what to we do? No, do. Absolutely. I don't know do why not. anybody would come and pay any money then. I mean, <laughs> if they don't get any advice or right. whatever, I'm just saying, why waste your money? No, because what, I'm teasing. I'm I know teasing you're her. teasing. But no, yeah. I really want to kind of differentiate this because. Yeah, please do. Our role in, in offering that help is about empowerment. Right. And our role is in a non-judgmental free space. And we tell our patients that all the time. Mm-hmm. That there is no judgment in this room mm-hmm. and there is complete freedom in this room. And that is also includes freedom to make your mistakes and freedom to learn the way you need to learn um, and helping them figure out their journey for themselves. And it doesn't look like anybody else's journey. So even if a patient has an experience maybe I've had in my life, what I've done for myself is not what that patient needs to do for himself or herself. And so it's taking you out of the equation and really getting in their world. And unhealthy help does not do that. Okay. So if you they're telling you a scenario and you've been through that and you say, here's what I did. You're saying don't do that that no, way? No, I would not do that. So, And we're not just talking, audience, about people that are in the counseling profession. We're talking about people that are out there in the community who think they have all the answers. And a lot of times those people are your family members. Oh, yes. Oh, my oh, gosh, yes. yes. Right? They know how to live your life so much better than you. <laughs> they do, don't they? Mm-hmm. So, um, and and they a lot of times are extremely controlling with their with their information. Oh, and I call it commanding and demanding. It's like when they give... Commanding and demanding. All right. Yes, because first of all, a lot of times they're giving advice unsolicited. Okay. They mm-hmm. just push it out there. And then if you do not take that, you get blamed if you make a mistake. I told you so, start coming out. And that's that commanding and demanding. So basically, I'm command- they're commanding and demanding what you should and should not do. Okay, how common is that when you are in the counseling room, Rachel, and you're hearing somebody saying, but my mother said I shouldn't be doing this, or, um, you know, my grandmother told me to quit doing that, or whatever. Do you hear that a lot about people, or is it more in the area of sponsors, like my sponsor at AA, or whatever? Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I, it's a little bit of both, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do. I deal with a lot of like teenagers, so like. Oh, do you a lot of yeah, teens? They they kind of. Right. Yeah. And so, go ahead. No, but yeah, no, it is in both areas. Absolutely, I find that dynamic when it's in the area of like a sponsorship. Though that sponsor or mentor or clergy person, or they're seen as a person with more authority, um, and so it's easier for them to try and take control over someone's life. Like if it's your family member, sometimes it's easier for us to filter that out a little bit. But when it's somebody that we believe has the answer or more power or more knowledge or and what we need, we're more willing to give up our power in that process. Okay, and what happens when we give up our power in that process? Well, Is that a good thing or not? It's a horrible thing. And when we have unhealthy help, they take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
and then we have to do counseling sessions for an hour just processing what this unhealthy help has done mm-hmm. and it's not helping them it's hurting them mm-hmm. okay let's talk about the codependent side of the unhealthy mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. Uh, because i think that's a big part of where a lot of this comes in absolutely is that codependent relationship is formed which you can define that in a moment and we are getting ready to hear your lengthy uh, ad which Ooh. it's it's very long oh god i usually nap during I was the ad. Say, do i have time to take a nap you can oh, actually good. yes okay. tommy wrote it and of course she gave him everything to say. Oh gosh, we're gonna be here for an hour. Well, it, it's, it takes a while to get yeah, through. Yeah, I it. thought I was liking her too. I know, <laughs> I know right? <laughs> yeah, she's no, she's uh, cut out of the same. He cloth. goes both sides. Yeah, it does. teaming up with anybody in there. That's, I, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, um, your years of training and accomplishment are amazing. So mm-hmm. we do hand you that. Oh don't yeah. We? Don't we? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How many yeah. years? How many years of schooling? Forty-four. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. She started when she was three. She's <laughs> she a very bright student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a prodigy. She what, came through high school when she was eight. Wow. I mean, yeah. That took her I five years. Believe. Took her five years to get through high to school. To get through high school? Yeah. Three um, to eight. You know, five years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, usually all the way four. through. <laughs> No, we do tease Dr. Angel, but she has accomplished quite a bit, and Mm -hmm. she does have an awful lot of expertise, and the practice is doing very well two years now already, and uh, you joined about a year ago or so? Um, My internship started last June. I officially was employed in, I think, February? Yeah, so she's been with us for over a year between her internship and employment. Yeah, and yes, she's she's. And my experience is that she's a very nice person. I know that uh, contrary to what you had said, you know earlier. uh, No, I'll pay you later. She's a great counselor. She she works with our tweens, teens, young adults, transitional adults, and she does an amazing job with them. No, that's really great. Yeah, we're glad Rachel's with us tonight. Let's listen to this lengthy commercial, and and if you do doze off, I'll wait. We'll wake you up. (laughs) When it's time for you to talk again. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Everybody needs a helping hand. Take a look at your fellow man and tell me what can I do today. Uh, Cause everybody needs a helping out. If that ain't what it's all about, tell me what. Dr. Angel Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas including trauma, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self-esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. 
Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. hand. You too do, don't you? Yes, we sure yes, do. Yes, 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 yes. And I mean that in the kindest way. <laughs> I mean, I really do. No. I, I, the amount of people that are coming through the counseling practice now is just totally amazing. And, you know, praise God for that. And the amount of people that are being helped regardless of who's helping them. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like that song. That's really good. Uh, everybody needs a helping hand because we all do, because life is hard. Mm-hmm. And especially as we've been talking about in the first part of the show, in the last year, year and a half, we've got we've all had to make a whole lot of adjustments in our lives, and it's not been easy. And so some people have handled it well, and other people have not. You know, well, some people are just really struggling, and, and yeah. there's no shame and judgment for that. No, it is, no, no, no. I mean, it, we aren't meant to be this strong for this long. Like, our bodies just yeah. cannot handle that kind of pressure. We're, like, in this pressure cooker, and, right. like, we're struggling. And, and we do need help, and we do need to be able to reach out for help. The problem is not all help is help. Exactly. Now, I'm mm-hmm. seeing here on your Facebook, since we're on Facebook right now, that your dear assistant Jan is Yes, is she listening. is. And she <laughs> so is an amazing she part. Is. Oh, and my gosh. Totally, she's our hero. Uh, she is she's totally your, our hero. part of your fabulous team, mm-hmm. Jan Brown. We are very glad you're mm-hmm. watching tonight because usually, if it's not you, Rachel, on, she won't listen. <laughs> it's It's got to be something special, and you're special. So, wait. But, Special and kind of an interesting way. I was, I was about to say, <laughs> I knew that wasn't that. a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did mean it. Can you all tell we have a good time when we interact? It's kind of fun. Let's talk about the unhealthy help and the codependency because we've done several series. We just did sure. one a few weeks back on codependency, and you got to define it because a lot of people, when they hear that, t- that term, they don't have any clue what that means. Yeah, no, they kind of just... Yeah, it can be very um, misunderstood term. And, you know, codependency is just when we're in this relationship in which either we are very dependent on another person and they're dependent on needing us to help them kind of thing. Um, it's, so it's that we have a person who needs help and a person who needs to help. And that's uh-huh. where some of our identity comes from. That's where our self-esteem may come from. And so when that happens, that's a, a recipe for unhealthy help. Um, because we're not helping now we need them to stay needing us so we're not giving them a lot of help right like if they get too strong then they're not going to need us and what Mm -hmm. is that going to say about us so um, it it can be very destructive okay so when you get in a situation like that with a family member with uh, somebody that you're trying to counsel whatever Mm -hmm. how do you know when you're like oh this is going the wrong direction I can tell you that quickly because oh my gosh, um, you both I didn't mean me. to just jump at you there. 
Because part of what we are to do is to model what healthy help looks like. And mm-hmm. we know most people coming to us have never had that experience of true healthy help or um, are struggling with it. And so we have to model it through our boundaries. Okay. Um, and oh, so, boundaries. That's a favorite topic ooh, around here, that oh, word. Yeah. Yes. It really mm-hmm. is. But that's one of the biggest ways we have to model that healthy help. You're going to have to define that for our listening audience, too, because a lot of people jump in on the show and they don't they don't have all the past so what does that mean? Oh, sure. So no, boundaries are like a set of guidelines that we have in our life that um, lets us know what's ours to take care of and not ours to take care of. I, I am frequently quoted saying, using the quote in counseling, you know, we need to stay in our lane and our boundaries oh, help us gosh. to kind of stay in our lane in our life. And unfortunately, when we have unhealthy help, it's almost like the car's driving across all the lanes and the zigzag all over the place. Like that would be dangerous on the road. It is equally as dangerous in relationships. In relationships. Give us an example or have you ever had that happen to you, Rachel, where you feel like you're you're out of your lane or your counselee or whoever he or she is is out of their lane? Like the three guys that you ended up marrying last year, you know, that was just like... <laughs> Over the top, out of their lane, Rachel. My, I mean, yeah. My, my brother husband's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, none of that happened. None of that happened. Let, let's talk about healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries, like, in just life in general or in the yeah. counseling room? It, well, in, in both. Both, really. Um, I'm trying to think. Sorry, I'm having a brain fart right now. Um, okay. You can't say the F word on air. Brain fart? <laughs> I can't say that? I'm just teasing you. Oh, I was like, I'll say it again. (laughs) Um, Well, like with counseling, um, healthy boundaries are... um, Would you you like me to help you get through that brain fog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for example, we we have to use these a lot in the counseling. So we'll get people who will want to um, call anytime and like start talking about yes. what's going on when they're in the middle of a crisis or in the middle of a stressful moment. They'll want to like be able to call and just like go on for mm-hmm. you know an hour or whatever. That's not their session time, so mm-hmm. we can't accommodate that. That wouldn't be a healthy boundary. We, we so we have to set that parameter. And sometimes mm-hmm. they get angry at that because they're not used to that um Mm -hmm. or they really want us to tell them what they should do i can't tell you the number of times i've heard dr angel just tell me what to do just tell me what to do and i'll do it Mm -hmm. and that's not my job my job is to guide you so you can make your own decision but that's your decision i empower you i don't disempower you and so you know it's guiding them in and educating them on what our boundaries are and like we say that up front in our informed consent like Mm -hmm. you know we don't take after you know we have some emergency appointments if something's truly an emergency but that happens in the context of an, an appointment a scheduled time mm-hmm. um and so that's a healthy boundary where they very healthy boundary and okay. when they're not used to it like at first it's very foreign and odd to them but then there's this comfort when they start mm-hmm. getting that wait mm-hmm. this is what it can look like like when they can walk in the office and like one of my sobriety patients walked in the office and was like oh my gosh i i had a a fault this week and I drink and oh my gosh and it is not a shaming session it is not a judgment it is like okay let's talk about this how do you know you feel what happened and how do we help this not to happen forward okay so that's what you guys do because you are healthy helpers right Mm -hmm. okay so give us an example of someone whether they be professional or maybe an AA sponsor or somebody like that how they get over into that get out of their lane getting out of their lane oh there you go Rachel you're (laughs) up it's your turn to bat oh well okay so like unhealthy professional boundaries yes okay so like dating your counselee right Yes, that's a big one. Well, you should never have a romantic relationship with your mentor or somebody that's helping you, even if it's not professional. Definitely not your counselee. It's in the ACA Code of Ethics. I I would assume it should be. You would lose your license for us. There's a whole, like thing in there but i will tell you in the scope of like some sobriety programs and self-help programs that mm-hmm. happens all the time mm-hmm. where even though i've you know i've heard people at aa say they are told that they shouldn't be in a relationship for a year mm-hmm. when sure when they but there's often times where a more seasoned member is helping a, a newer member and they get into a romantic relationship and, and mesh that boundary yeah, yeah. Okay, so go ahead. Give us some examples of what you're, um, of how to be health. How to get, what happens 
let me back up. Okay. What happens when you get out of your lane mm-hmm. and you find that you are being drawn in perhaps by the person you are counseling oh, into good. trying to direct their lives, you know, mm-hmm. like they're saying, well, what would you do? How do you do this? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Tell me what to do. I can't. What should I say to my mother when she blah, blah, blah? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So how do I redirect it? You redirect kind of, it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, Talk about redirection. So I would ask a question with the question, what do you think you should do? And then kind of go from there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we re- we reflect. We might start brainstorming possibilities because maybe they're asking that question because they, they don't know what the options are. So maybe we start looking at what are some options? Mm-hmm. What can other people do? You know, have you seen other people do? And, you know, so it's our job to keep helping to empower them. And we can't let that trap us. So mm-hmm. no, we have to always be that professional. But in lay help and other relationships, it's, it doesn't happen because they, they're missing the training mm-hmm. that, you know, you you don't wake up one day and get to hang a, a shingle, you know, on your shelf and say, I'm the therapist. Like, there's a lot of training that happens because it's a huge responsibility to guide someone's life. So the person, the life coach or the person that's a sponsor at AA or NA or whatever, uh, can easily get drawn into a position of, hey, I'm, I am, this person's listening to me. I'm talking to them, mm-hmm. you know, three times a day and I'm telling them, no, you can't go here. No, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. No, you can't do that. Does that happen? It happens mm-hmm. all the time to the point where they will tell them things like who they can and can't have as friends in their life. They'll mm-hmm. tell them if they should stay with their wife or their husband or leave and put pressure on them if they don't make the decision that the helper wants them to make. Whoa, really? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, how about um, they'll tell them what medications their doctor should or should not be prescribing mm-hmm. them. Ooh. And we're talking about non-professional <laughs> to. lay help. Right, it's trying to practice medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're a sponsor, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever, right? Or a life coach. And we see that with life coaches right. a lot. Not to say there's not good ones, but there are a lot of them. Because there, in Florida, there is no, no certification needed, no training needed. You can just you hang can just out your shingle and say you're a life coach, coach right? And, right. Um, and there's a lot of boundary things that happen in that context and that's it's not okay but it's yeah well they say it all like oh like you're not gonna remain sober if you don't do this like oh you're gonna have would you agree like oh yeah yeah they they use that fear tactic if i'm not helping i'm the only one who can help you Mm -hmm. i know how to help you you know your church can't help you your therapist can't help you your family can't help you it's just me you should not go to bible study we had somebody say that they were told by their sponsor well you shouldn't be at bible study you should you should be at another meeting. You and should I've had be several at a, patients say uh, the same you thing. You should be at a meeting every day of the week. Mm. And so, no, you. it's not okay for you to go to Bible study. You need to come to the meeting, you know. Mm. I mean, emphatically telling them and putting a lot of pressure on them. That mm. is unhealthy help, right? That's unhealthy. Mm. And not only, right, and they almost use this shaming and power dynamic. Oh, you're not mm. serious about getting help. Oh, or yeah. you really mm. don't want help. Or, you know, they have this, like, threat over them and then Mm -hmm. it kind of shames them into doing what the helper wants them to do Mm -hmm. and it goes down to what job choices they should make uh friend choices relationship choices medical choices education choices would you say that they kind of like isolate them absolutely because this group i or this group we're the only ones who can help you and so they kind of start pulling them away from other sources of potential support. So we're not saying that AA sponsors or NA sponsors or whatever um, are bad. We're not, not saying all. that at all. We're just saying they need to learn to stay in their lane. Well, and you need to watch <laughs> out for these flags so you don't give away power that you're going to need for whatever it is you're but going through. But when people through. are really vulnerable and they're going through. I was through, just about to say that. Go yeah. ahead. Why don't you say it? No, like when and they're at a very vulnerable time because, you know, they could have just come out out of rehab they're like okay like what do i do with my life you know like and then they have this person like oh i have i have just a thing for you like yeah they're at a very well that's vulnerable. true and especially in addictions because most of the time when people are looking for help they've hit a rock bottom right yeah. like yeah. they're at the lowest of lows for their life they're very 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 vulnerable and they're easily manipulated they're easily mm-hmm. manipulated mm-hmm. and be power in the hands of the wrong person can be very mm-hmm. hurtful to yes. somebody who's seeking help, right? Mm-hmm. Especially sure. when that person forms that codependent relationship. Mm-hmm. The sponsor or the, the person helping, quote unquote, 
needs somebody under them to listen to them and let them control them. The person being controlled needs somebody to control them. So that's where we get into trouble. We do. And like when the healthy is successful, the helper takes it as their personal success too. And that's where they, oh, look, you know, I'm a great helper because look how wonderful my helpee is doing. Like, and so now it's tied to each other's. Yeah. That's not okay. Like our patient's success or not success is not ours. It's theirs. Mm -hmm. Like we can only give the tools. They have to choose to use them. Mm -hmm. We give our best to everyone that walks through our doors. Mm -hmm. But if they don't use those tools, they're not going to help them. That's not our fault. Mm -hmm. With the same token, if they use their tools, that's not our success. That's theirs. Mm -hmm. Do you see where we're? I totally get that. Do you get that, Rachel? (laughs) I, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in other words, you're not in this to see, to have a scorecard of how many people you helped. No. So I, was it, I think it, I, I think I learned in school, like, counseling is 95% them and 5% you. Like, it's mostly them, like, you know. Making, oh, that's good. Yeah. So, but you're guiding, you're directing, yeah, you're listening, you're yeah. being a sounding board, right? Mm-hmm. We're empowering, we're giving tools, we're giving, you know, ways to help them sort everything out. Because once they start getting like a, I always make it sound, when they walk in, it's almost like a yarn knot. Have you ever looked like a yarn knot, like a big knot of mm-hmm. string or something? That's kind of what they feel emotionally. And like, our job is to kind of help pull out those individual pieces of string and then deal with each one of those and chunk it up for them in a way mm-hmm. that makes sense. Make a scarf. Make a scarf. Make that yeah. scarf. I was going to say, I can relate to that when I used to crochet, you know, and knit. You know what? Don't even go there because you know it's a sore subject because I can't do those things. Because she wants to do that. And I, I don't. I'm just teasing, obviously. But this is an actual desire of hers. She knows. I got kicked Aww. out of the knitting club. She so got because she's kicked. so left-handed. Because I can't. I'm lefty. And I, yes. And she I can't, can't do, do it. it. <laughs> and so it's something I like to throw up. A, it's a failure. Do you want to talk it's about a, that, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> she needs to talk about it, Rachel, because it's like it's a failure in her life that she needs to cope with. Oh. You no, know, but I will tell you, you know, kind of as a joke, this was started as a joke. But, you know, it's funny because when people hear I can't knit, then you have these people who are really good. Knitter. Oh, I can teach anyone in it. Like, mm-hmm. so I was like their special project. That's kind of like the um, the sponsor sponsor. That's what I'm saying. Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't no, make sure. Oh, you're take good. that, take that. Yeah, run with no, it. with it, Rachel. No, go what? ahead, go what? with that. Go with it. Go example. With what? That example you just gave. It's not my example. It's her example. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's the it's kind of like the sponsor sponsee. Like, oh, I could I could help I, I could help anyone, and then they kind of take someone under their wing, and they may not know how to help anyone. Right. Oh, you you just aren't doing it the right way. You got to do it my way. I, I I'm successful knitter. Look, I knitted all these blankets. Now it didn't work for me because I still didn't get it. And mm-hmm. everyone's journeys individual because they all have individual strengths, weaknesses, yes. Yes. Uh, purposes in life, mm-hmm. like tools in their life. Like every it's a unique thing. So this might have worked for the person helping does not mean that is the path for the person they're helping. So what we're saying is healthy help has everything to do with not finding somebody who's going to control your life and tell you every step, right? Absolutely. If you find a person like that, you're on the wrong track. Mm -hmm. That is huge to like, yeah, that's a warning flag. And what happens is the help, the person receiving the help is so sucked in and dependent on this helper that they're lost. Right. Go ahead with your thought. I was going to say, like, can we talk about like some red flags? Let's talk about red flags, Rachel. Oh my gosh! Am I like the new co-host? No, I'm just yes, kidding. you are. You're just great. <laughs> I would you? like to say that my aunt Penny gave us a, a double trouble um, comment on double trouble. <laughs> oh, I love you, Aunt Penny. Yes, but go ahead. Do you remember what you were ta- thinking about? What red flags? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just like um, red flags for like the um, the sponsor, sponsee, like or you know, any helper. Any, I don't any want to just get stuck sorry, in that sorry, one. Sorry, yeah, no, yeah. It's okay. Any helper. Um, I'm trying to think of one. Oh, I can think of a whole bunch. Oh, you go. You go. You start thinking and tell me when you have it. Okay. Just kick me when you have it. Um, <laughs> one red flag is when they want to know when they want to tell you what to do. Yeah. When they give advice and you haven't asked for it. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is if they get mad when you don't do what they tell you to do. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, or try to punish you. Yeah. By emotionally distancing themselves from you yes. or uh, telling other people things about you that may not be true or outing mm-hmm. your secrets. Um, they want you to keep an account of everything you do with your day. 
Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Sponsors? A lot of mm-hmm. them? They'll be texting you like, oh, how you doing? Like All day long. Yeah. It's like, kind of like you didn't answer my call. Why didn't you answer my call? It's 11 as, o'clock at night. Why didn't you answer my call? It's as if they have no life. You become like their project. project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their project. Mm-hmm. Whoa. If you're somebody's project, beware. Yeah. When they make you feel bad for going to around other groups of people like your church or other friends or whatever, whatever it is you want to do, they mm-hmm. shame you for going to other groups. And that's partly why we're doing this show, because somebody in our church has... Had that happened to them? Sure. And we have heard it over and over and over in the counseling yeah. room. And I've literally had, I have right now a patient who had one of somebody that was helping her, you know, tell her to leave her spouse. I had another oh, one wow. where they're telling her which medical decisions she's allowed to make. I have another one telling uh, them which um, friends they can have in their life. And that's not, not, not okay. good. No, 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 no. Yeah. So when you lose your power, that's the biggest red flag. Mm-hmm. When you feel like you have to do something or they're going to be mad or upset, that's a problem. Oh, it is. If they try to take over your finances. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. When you feel isolated. Yeah. When, yeah. Like you can only do things with that person or that group or whatever it is that's helping you. You yes. can only talk to them. Like, oh, no. Like, oh, no. Don't. Just come, come talk to me if you ever need help. Like. Yeah, I'm the only one who can help you. Like, I understand. I've been there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I want to just take that fallacy for a second because it is such a fallacy when you hear I only person can help you is a person who's had that experience and has gotten out. <laughs> really? Did That's they not use true. That In fact, people who've had that experience and have gotten out sometimes are the worst of the helpers because they are too emotionally connected to the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, with that same logic, we don't. You know, when the criminal breaks the law and goes to jail, they're not hiring another criminal to help them go against the court case, right? They're hiring an attorney who's been trained Mm -hmm. and educated and has the tools to get them out. Mm -hmm. Same thing with this. Like, we need to have helping people who actually have tools to help us. Yes. Good point. Mm Wow. Yeah. So counseling, uh, what you all do in the counseling room is extremely important and very helpful by the demand that is upon your practice already, which is, I mean, that's, that speaks well. Um, what are some things, I'm just going to pick your brain in the last couple of minutes we have here. What are some things you've learned so far, uh, Rachel? I mean, some Ooh. life, you know, some life lessons that you see from being in practice that's maybe changed you. Are you more <laughs> empathetic? Are you, mm-hmm. are you more cold-hearted? <laughs> Um, I'm definitely more empathetic. That's for sure. Like when I, when my, um, what's it called? When my patient is like hurting, I'm like, okay, like, like I, I kind of feel it, but I don't take it home with me. Like one thing I've learned is like, you know, kind of like when you're at work, you kind of like leave, you know, once you walk in the door, you kind of leave your problems at the door. I leave my problem. I try, I'm not perfect, but I try to leave my, you know, problems at work. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Even though you do tell us that you're perfect, but... Oh, no. No, no, you don't. Well, you know, that she makes a good point, because we call it checking our bags. So, like, when we're helping somebody, we Mm -hmm. check our personal bags. They don't come into that help. Mm -hmm. And when we leave our office, we don't take our professional bags back home. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. It's hard hard sometimes. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard sometimes, but... um, Yeah. yeah, I try to leave it at the office. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you found your niche in life? Oh, I cannot even tell you. Like, this is this is where, like, I'm like a pig in mud. Like, it's just the pig best. Pig in mud. Yeah. Yeah. No, she comes to work with this huge smile. She's always so uplifting in the office. She Every is, Every patient is like, she's such a great addition <laughs> to the practice. Oh, she's actually had to come out of her office a couple times and, like, tell me to quiet down because I laugh a lot. She does. And I love to hear the joy. Sometimes when we have like some serious stuff happening, Mm -hmm. it can be a little distracting. But I'd rather have to deal with that than, you know, a lot of other things. So no worries. This was not your first career, was it? Uh, Career or first like choice? Oh, well, no, not my first career. It wasn't my first um, like degree choice either. Like I originally wanted to be a nurse, but C's do not get degrees in nursing school. C's do not get degrees. Okay. Yeah. So this is actually, I think, my like third or fourth choice. I'm I'm glad I went with it. She's natural. Yeah, you are natural. Yeah. 
and sometimes you have to go through a few things in life before you kind of land on where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Which is fine. That's okay. It's how you learn right. and what you like and don't like, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was afraid when I got my master's, I'm like, oh, what if I just like, what if I don't like it? I just spend all my money. But yeah. But I love it. But you do. I do. And I will say, I probably scared the life out of her when she came in to interview with me for the first time. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, she was with a client, and she was kind of like, not yelling, but she was talking firmly to them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, she's she's the real deal. But, no, she's, like, she's an amazing boss, like, amazing friend. Like, she's just awesome. She That's makes great. She makes coming to work fun. Like, Good. you know, she has imparted a lot of wisdom onto me. And I've, you know... There's no dumb questions with her, which is very that's good. rare. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, she's the best. No, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so how do you want to sum all this up, Dr. Angel? Well, I want to sum this up that, first of all, if you're a person that needs help, I want you to be able to, to go out and get the help that you need. Like, right, There's exactly. no shame. There's no embarrassment of needing help. Right. We all need help. We're created to need help. With that said, I also want us to be careful and mindful of when help becomes harmful. Mm-hmm. And... These are some of the flags. We did the show to give the flags because there's a lot of harmful help. Not all help is help. And when we get desperate, we don't see it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so putting a light on it, I think, will help people say, wait a minute, this isn't okay. Right. Because they feel it in their gut. They're feeling they stressed They feel like by something's it. wrong. And mm-hmm. they feel like, but they got, oh, well, that's the counselor. And I've got to. Right. Or they that's think my it's sponsor. themselves, right? Because, yeah. like, this feels wrong. Why does this feel wrong? And uh, is me. Like, because they already know they need help. Well, anybody out in the audience that is going through this right now, get another opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bounce it with a professional. Um, anybody who's telling you not to use professionals, don't, you know, you need to stop that. Like, that's not okay. People should not be telling you what to do with your life. That's not help. And a sponsor, it, you know, is trying to control your whole day and have you check in five times a day. That's overboard. Yeah. If they're, te- overboard. If they're texting you more than like a spouse, then that's. Well, sure. And if you're not always available and they there's anger about that or whoever it is, it doesn't have to be that sponsor. It right. could be anybody trying to help us. Right. A lot of times people overstep that and want you to be at their beck and call because yes. you're getting their help. Right. And so we just we need to, to do it in a safe way. We do. Thank you, Rachel Spraker, for being on tonight. <laughs> and I'm sure this will just be the first of many times <laughs> that you join us because you will continue to pressure us to have you on the show. You know, I, I did. I, yeah. You will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. Got over your fear. Do you need to say your line from Frazier? <gasps> yeah. Okay. So little backstory. So I. We have I, like 30 I, seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the show Frazier. So, yeah. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel. We love it. It's been great being with you guys tonight on Go Yard. Hey, we're always open for topics. Just send us a text or right here on Facebook. You can put a comment here about, hey, I'd like for you to talk about this, some subject, sometime, and we'll be happy to try to do that. Uh, this has been Rachel Spraker. Is that true? Yeah. That's who you are? Yeah. Counselor extraordinaire. Oh, no. Yes. I don't. What's your name? Yeah. Dr. Angel. Oh, Dr. Angel. Can you say your eight titles? Yeah. I, no, forget that. <laughs> We've already done that. And Mama Mac, bringing you Go Yard tonight. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.